Welcome, my lords, to the White City, where you will learn more about Middle-earth and discover differences and similarities between the Rings of Power show and Tolkien's books, and whether Amazon's show, episode by episode, is worth watching. I'm Philip Dutt, your host, and I'll be joined by Matt Vandevoort and Mark Schaefer. I hope you enjoy. For the theme of light, the problem of evil. The quote that kind of comes up pretty frequently in the first season is, you know, sometimes to find the light, we must first touch the darkness. And so as I say, it's the foundation of the show. And I think it's an interesting concept, like showing like basically like, I guess one person was putting it uh, like the difference between like how Sauron and Galadriel are going to react to like, you know, choosing the path of good or evil. And I guess it seems that maybe the show is setting up as like Galadriel is like rejecting this path of evil for good. And uh, I guess Holbrand Sauron being like rejecting the path of good for evil um, in a lot of situations. So it seems like the show might be like sh- showing that she's in a way like having to, you know, go through like tough situations or down an evil evil path just to destroy the evil itself. And I was thinking about like relating this to the Fenor um from the Silmarillion, it seemed. And I that's kind of the connection that I drew was like he seems to be like really angry about like the Silmarils, right? And Morgoth taking those and then feeling like he was backstabbed (laughs) by the Valar and so like he has this hatred that he's like running off of just to like get everything back and I think in the end he like has a change of heart but not really doesn't really have much time to like do anything different (laughs) before he dies (laughs) he's a little angry so him and all his sons swear a blood oath you know to never rest until they get them back and never let anybody keep them from them but just a little angry right (laughs) yeah a little man (laughs) yeah slight overreaction i feel like that's kind of the same way the same thing they're trying to do with uh galadriel and and like how she's uh trying to overcome evil um it's just like being like some ba like you know leader in a lot of ways so do you think it's accurate to show sauron as like like repenting or showing acts of kindness while he is still evil i think that it's Well, first of all, I think it's accurate to the books because I believe that in the Silmarillion, it mentions that there is a brief period of time where Sauron considers repenting before just deciding that he's gone too far and that uh, if he went back now, he would just get punished. And I think part of that is Tolkien showing that those who are evil can only really think in terms of evil um, because that's what he would do to somebody that betrayed him and then came back. But I don't know. I think that most of the acts that he does that are like kind or good are more calculated on his part than their genuine acts of goodness or kindness. The one that kind of doesn't make much sense is him saving Galadriel. But even then, it could just be that he was using her to get to a point where he could craft the rings. So, yeah, I I think that... um. Yeah, I I like the idea because, again, like I said, I think 
it holds up with the books that Sauron kind of does do the reverse repentance thing where he kind of goes towards good and then just falls farther into darkness. So I think that that's definitely a theme that they'll be drawing on. And they might bring out something about like these acts, even though he thinks they're being calculated, there might be something more to them. But I feel like the way they're going to portray him is just as he's playing the long game and he's he's going real deep because that's what he does in the books is he snuggles up next to you and acts like he's your friend and your advisor. And then in, you know, in 50 years, you have Numenor going from being this general beacon of, you know, civilization and goodness to worshiping Morgoth. So I think that's the trajectory they're going to go for. But I think they might be sprinkling in some of these sort of somewhat repentant, like reverse repentant aspects of it. Uh, I, I was thinking of that specific quote whenever, uh, or that scene whenever the Valar capture Sauron um, and the Silmarillion, I believe. Yeah. But that, I think the exact wording of the quote is that some people think that maybe Sauron's repentance was genuine at first. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really hard, like, They've certainly ran with that concept that like Sauron, this is like, this is thousands of years, I think, even before this point and where the rings of power takes off. So the idea that like Sauron still is wrestling with, am I really good? Am I really bad? You know, at this point is not really what I think Tolkien's work portrays Sauron in the second age really as that at this point he is 100% evil. Um, I think the difficulty with having your like Sauron being sort of like questioning if he's what his allegiances are. Um, I think the really interesting thing is in Tolkien's work, there's always like a very clear evil side and a really clear good side. And the interesting thing is the characters that are caught in between. So usually that's the hobbits and that's the men characters and the good side, you know, that's like Galadriel, Elrond and the bad side, that's like Sauron and maybe Saruman too. So you, and then you have that really like allows Tolkien to say some very interesting things about good and evil, what they are because he personifies them in certain characters. Um, and I think what the really big difference I noticed in the rings of power is, is that it it's very difficult for it to say real things about evil and good because a lot of the characters are sort of uh, conflicted in that respect. Um, so that's, I think my, the biggest gripe about Sauron being portrayed as, you know, maybe partially repentant or sort of questioning if he's really good or evil or any of that. Again, I think that the way they could take it is just that he may deep down really want to repent and, go back but he he just kind of he can't see any result for it. he's still that selfish person that he can't see any way that he can come back and repent and not come out of it getting severely punished and so he kind of just commits to the whole dark lord thing for back of lack of a better term to to basically because he thinks that's the only way he can come out of it without looking bad or getting hurt or something like that. So I think they can have some of that internal conflict, but in the end, I mean, obviously because it's Lord of the Rings, he has to commit to being evil, but in the end, that's the way they could take it. Yeah. I, I think the difficult part, I think too, though, the internal conflict is like Sauron's like, his hallmark, even from like the first age, right, is his master manipulation. Um, I think what's really hard is like it makes a lot more sense, and like it's it's 
he's seen as like the temptation that other people take right so yeah. it's hard to like whenever the person tempting you is like also has this inner conflict like when really it feels like more like Sauron's meant to almost be like um a plot device in some cases yeah. like, right? he's this personification of evil i think that's the real hard part is that it actually is drawing a lot of attention to the character of sauron like aka Halbrand in this show and really yeah. the focus should be more on the characters that are sort of caught in between sauron and maybe other difficult choices they have to make um, yeah uh which is just a different direction the show is taking yeah. that i think tolkien's work takes so Maybe he's so good at manipulating people that he's secretly manipulating himself. Whoa. <laughs> Manipulationception. Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess one question is like, so what are you willing to do to set things right? Um, this is more of a question to put it to like theoretical, I guess. Um, that kind of seems like, you know, Sauron, you know, Hallbrand trying to convince you know Galadriel to join them because like they could like make everything you know right again in the end um which you know really probably isn't his intention anyways it's very reflective of the fact that his nature gets put into the one ring because you see like when the ring tempts Sam um Sam sees himself using the ring to put everything right but he knows that it's just a sham and that it'll actually ruin everything. And that's the same thing that at the end Galadriel sees, like there's that brief moment where he's showing her like what could happen if we joined forces, but she realizes that it's, it's just a manipulation tactic. Right. I think another thing that's interesting to think about is whether like some of these themes are intentional or just happenstance, you know, between the books and the movies. Because, you know, like, some people don't want to see any connection at all just because they don't think that it's done well or they, or whatever, you know. So, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, Like, connections between the books and the movies or why people don't want to see them? I think we already said this, but, like, is, is a scene, like, you know, between Galadriel and Paul Brand, like, you know, him tempting her to like join his join with him and you know and take control of Middle Earth, you know, is that a good like connection with the books or do you think oh that's just like nah it just happens to be that like that theme kind of like you know ties in with the other ones you know well it's definitely a foretaste of her rejecting the ring and the temptation that the ring offers um. Yeah, so I think there's definitely parts of it that are directly from the theme. I think the sort of maybe the more difficult one is that, you know, Galadriel's temptation of the ring is to beat Sauron, that she wants to destroy him, and then she'll make the world good again, right? That's like sort of the temptation the ring offers, not to join him necessarily. That that would be a hard temptation, or that would sort of hard for her to imagine being tempted by that, that she would sort of, that would be too obvious or too on the nose, um, perhaps. I think that it's important to remember that in a certain sense, you can't separate the ring from Sauron uh, because he puts himself into the ring. So any deal made with the ring is, in some sense, a deal made with Sauron. And so, yeah, I think that's definitely something that they're drawing parallels from because if you think about it, her final rejection of the ring and this rejection of Halbrand are essentially bookends to a conflict where at both points she's rejecting 
Sauron or the power that Sauron represents. Um, and so it's, yeah, I think it's definitely supposed to be a parallel because in both places it's, it is a portion or a hidden form of Sauron that is offering her something that she wants and she recognizes that she's not going to get it in the way that it's being offered. Um, so yeah, I think that there are definitely parallels. And I think that just on the question of, you know, some people thinking that, oh, it's just an accident. I think based on my personal experience watching the show, even if they uh, deviated from the show a little bit, they definitely did like these, the people that made the show, they've read the books. They know what they're dealing with. Um, They might be making choices that a lot of fans wouldn't make, but they, I think they definitely know the things they're dealing with. So it's not, a lot of these parallels, some of them might be accidental, but I think a lot more of them are intentional than accidental. Yeah. This is kind of more of a side note in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see the amount of like hardcore fans that I guess, I guess it's like off the bat, you know, just don't like, just, you know, think the show is just a big wash. Um, yeah. So like, I just, I just like, there's a lot of things you hear about like, uh, that I've heard about like, oh, it's like, you know, there can't be any tie at all. Um, because like, you know, I mean to them, but like a lot of people would just say like, oh, and maybe one of you guys really have this opinion as well. Like, oh, it's just like, it's a good, like kind of, you know, middle earth kind of story, but you know, don't really want to, I don't want to call it like, you know, anything really middle you know, Lord of the Rings or anything related. Cause it's, you know, not really done a great job of connecting those things but yeah um i think it's all a one-way relationship with the show where it's like um i mean obviously literally the show couldn't exist without the books because the ip wouldn't exist but the parallels and the themes and the the references they're making um can't they're they are referencing the books and they are jumping off the books but the books have nothing to do with the show in the sense that like you don't need to watch the show to enjoy the books. Um, for some people you might enjoy the books more if you don't watch the show. So um, it's entirely a one way street. Um, and so I think that's just my take on it is that that's the way the relationship works. Yeah. I guess I would say also that like, as someone who is a huge fan of the books and like has read them since childhood that like, there's a lot like Tolkien's work contains a lot of themes, right? So like the idea that there's no comparison between the themes of the show and the themes of the books, like that's obviously not true. The themes of the show, like you can definitely find some of them in, in the, the books, but it's, I guess it's like sort of uh, not always like super clear, clear to every single person of like, what are the main themes of my, like the, the yeah. stories, right? So I think that's sort of interesting. And, and the show, I think definitely, I believe that one of the creators show said like the, the friendship or the relationships between the different like races of elves, men and dwarves and hobbits of Tolkien's work are sort of like the main theme of like inclusion and diversity. Right. Um, I think as someone who like read the story, it's like, obviously that's in there. You have, you know, Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn and Arwen, but I guess maybe I wouldn't say that's like the main theme of the show. And I've always thought the main theme was sort of this, you know, this dynamic of like evil and good and temptation and what it means to, you know, be good and try to resist temptation and fight against evil. Um, 
I think that's sort of like, but again, that might just be my own personal interpretation of the story and maybe somebody else would walk away with a very different interpretation. Thanks for visiting the White City. Before you leave, please subscribe to our podcast and check us out at thewhitecitypodcast.com. Consider supporting my movement on Facebook, keeping the rings of power pure.